Welcome to episode 129 of the Logo Better. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how are you still doing tonight? <laughs> I'm still doing all right, unlike you, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> I, uh... I think I think the la- I think the actual time that I did the intro, we were live. Because like you stumbled and I just kind of like went with it. And you're like, okay. Or no, I did the closing. Because oh, okay. you couldn't stop laughing at some idiotic thing that I did. Because okay. you can't help but laugh at me when you see me in person. All right, I guess. Like nobody would have known if you wouldn't have said anything that I screwed up the intro and had to redo it. But see, but normally they listen to me being terrible, so now I get to point out that you're doing something bad. Yeah, okay, well, you know me, I guess. Just messing everything up. I need to bring your ego down to my level on occasion. <laughs> Which is still astronomical, I was going to say, I'm like, God, like, <laughs> I don't know if that's bringing it down or bringing it, if we have to go up or what it is. It depends on the day, maybe, because, uh, uh, yeah. All right, but, so, uh, well, let, why don't we just head on into stuff today since, shit, man. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, I'm just bringing up a weird topic today that I just wanted to kind of run by you and everything. And, you know, you got lots of opinions just like I do. Um, yep. So I am, uh, I was just crushing some YouTube stuff today, watching some videos, um, doing, doing my thing of watching a half hour long video about a 15 second speed run. Um, who needs Netflix? Uh, <laughs> but, not you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Um, and I ended up clicking on a like an eight-year-old video of um, uh, uh, Magic TV, and it was like a top eight. You know, Innistrad had just released, um, so they actually one of the things they were talking about the top eight things that will kill Mad or uh, we're going to kill Magic, you know, jokingly kind of thing. But were like big things that happened and stuff like that. Yep. Um, by the way, the first one they mentioned on the list was double face cards, and they were talking about they're like we've never played with them, so we don't know. Um, and it's really funny to think about that. I remember um, people actually being like, ah, oh, double-faced, how will this function? Yeah. The magic back doesn't exist. Yeah, so, um, and that just kind of sparked in my head. I'm like, gosh, there's all these, and they talked about a bunch of things and stuff, but, like, it, it sparked in my head. It's like, man, like, there's all these things that we kind of just trip, tripped friggin' balls about, and then it just faded out, and we never really talked about it after the fact, if that makes sense. Like, you know, well, and, and it's kind of inspired too, by we did, we did our overview of the, of the Bolas arc and the Gatewatch. That's like, fair. And I don't know if that, I don't know if other people liked it. Maybe you should hit us up on Twitter or our email or the discord and tell us, um, <laughs> but like, validate I that, our existence. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really in, like, I thought it was an interesting thing to do to stop and look at these things and just say, okay, we're done with it. Or we've been in it a long time. How does this feel? Like, is was this a good thing actually? And like, really, like, finally, like, look at it and say, okay, we can kind of make a decision on it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's fair enough. Like, like yeah, we're we're looking back at things that happened in history and doing a real time evaluation on it, right? Yeah, like, like we're literally, like, it's it's literally taking a history class. Yeah. Like, Except and, with actual critical talking and discussion, yeah, right. as opposed to super boring, repeating things that happened and not actually talking about it. Yeah, and it's interesting to stop and like look at something, and like it's easy to shake your fist at something or you know applaud about something way before or way after. Mm-hmm. But like, 
it's one thing to really stop and like look at something from both from from the time it was and now and compare and like just discuss that like the reserve list is a classic one to talk about like that yeah like well at, at the time i mean one of the things they brought up in that was was chronicles and like how damaging that was to magic like it was, uh, it was really problem like not like not to magic itself but to people's confidence in magic well, yeah, that that literally Chronicles is what led to the creation yep, of, of the, of the, reserve, the list. reserve list, which is honestly the worst thing that Chronicles did was lead to the creation of the reserve list. Yeah, like it did a lot of good things. It did good things too, but like honestly, that was one of the, the one of the concerns and everything. And like, you know, that's it's it's interesting. Like, and you can understand people's perspective from the time too. Like, it's it's just really you have to kind of look through it with you know both of those lenses and stuff like that but i don't know so i have a i have a list of things here actually and it's a bunch of things some of them are super minor I love um lists. some of them have come and gone and i i want to talk about them um so why don't we just dive into some shit here bring it all right so this is the first thing i put on my list it's not super super big but people complain about it still kind of complain about it every now and then and i feel like we've just adapted to it and I want to like just talk about this. So one of the first one of the first changes that comes to my mind when people just like something that faded into existence is the change of frames. <laughs> so the first first going from the old frame to the modern frame, and the modern frame to spe specifically the M fifteen frame. Yes. And so there were a lot of people who freaked out about this at the time actually no there was a small vocal minority that freaked out about this at the time uh which time both yes actually all the times i'm more oh. looking at the transition from the modern frame to the m15 frame because that's uh the m because the 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 transition from the classic frame to the modern frame happened kind of when i was not really there uh -huh. like i was i i mean i had picked up some packs and stuff but i wasn't really playing heavily at that time so I didn't do that, but like the the frame change is just all upside, right? Like, uh, like after the, the fact. Yeah, the M15 frame is just nicer looking than the modern frame. Yeah, like, and so here's something people don't realize: like, I my eyes are shit, <laughs> and like the coating on the bottom of the card is basically the biggest quality of life upgrade I have gotten on a magic card ever. Like you've seen how much, how many cards I friggin sort. Yep. A like lot. I just kind of like, like sorting cards and stuff too. Oh my God. When I hit an old set, it is impossible to do that when looking for collector number and stuff like that. You're like squinting at the bottom of it, trying to like see stuff. And like with this, I can just fly through cards. It's so nice. Oh man. Like I, I don't know what the hell is wrong with people. Also, people were freaking out about the change to the Balearin font. Does anybody notice that nowadays? The fact that we, they now use the Balearin font? Yeah. No. Like, they created their own font. Like, people were kind of, like, tripping balls about that for a while. Like, if I look closely at it, I'll recognize it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah that's not, like, the normal thing. You know, like, the R's usually stick yep. out to me a lot. But mm -hmm. it's like, no. It's, it's, it's just a font, like, guys. It, it's how a magic card looks now. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, I, it, 
it's just funny how people just adapt and forget to some degree. Like, but, I like, literally have... Like, I have a World Wake stack of cards, well, I have a bunch mm-hmm. of old cards sitting on my desk, yeah. and it's like, I have to look at them closely to realize that they're not the same font. Yeah, right. And it's very obvious once you're looking at it, mm-hmm. but I'm not, like, going out of my way to see it, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I just don't... The, you mentioning the Balearian font right now, it reminded me that they even changed the font. Right? That's exactly kind of what I'm saying. Like, it's just... Uh, I remember it was a it was kind of a big thing. Like people are like the fonts, all, no, just proprietary font and all that stuff. But yeah, why like, is that a bad thing? Uh, because Blizzard technically owns the font, and they're the devil or something like that. But like, I don't know. yeah, but uh, you know, they own the copyright on the cards, anyways. So yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Who cares? But like, yeah, I mean, and even looking at like, so I'm holding like some old old frame cards here right now and stuff, and like looking at like. I'm sorry, like, the old frame is nostalgic and stuff like that, I guess, but it is garbage readable. Like, the truly old frame? Oh, yeah. See if I, I got any, any of those sitting on my desk. I'm looking at a sick Panther Warriors here. I don't. And Sands of Time and a Mortal Wound. The oldest cards I got on my desk are mirrored in at the moment, well, so... get good. I got my revised forest here. <laughs> which is impossible to read. With the white, with the white text on the the gray, uh, frame. Yeah, like, just, luckily, you, luckily you don't have to read it because it's of course. Plus, also it's washed out. But it is. It still is just like ah, actively like hard to read and stuff. Like yeah, just aesthetically, I do think that the M15 frame just looks nicer. Oh yeah, I do like, too. I think it looks really like, good. Not even to mention the quality of life improvements for someone like you. Yeah, but. I legit think it looks nicer. Mm-hmm. And for people who think that like the OG like pre-modern era card frame is like looks better than everything else, you're a hipster douche. <laughs> yeah, basically, I'm sorry. Like this is coming from someone whose legacy goblin deck is almost exclusively old border. Yeah. That is entirely because I think it looks aesthetically nice. Yeah. Like as long as they all look like that, I like it right yeah as soon as you throw a modern card in there it just throws everything off or it's like like having your modern like your deck modern deck with like one off card like that yeah it's like super tilting like i don't get people who like go out of their way to have them different like the only exception i have to this is i have gone out of my way to play with uh mirage basics yeah that it seems because that's just to me i feel as if land lands are less noticeable when the frame is weird because the lands mm-hmm. frame isn't what sticks out on the, on the card, also right? mirage basics and yeah, mirage basics are so good do you need to get uh, mirage basics in arena yep yeah i need to right. find a way to make those my default lands yeah yeah if you if you want them in that plankation thing oh you had to win them yep damn i'm not gonna say i'm using mirage swamps in my murder kill deck but i may be using mirage swamps in my murder i mean kill deck. you should be using mirage swamps like yeah because they're freaking great like I saw, I the I'm a streamer I watch uses Mirage lands and all of his stuff because he oh. just likes older lands, and I'm just like, man, those look so gorgeous. Uh, Mirage is so Mir- Mir- so fight me. Mirage is the set made with the best art, hands down. The best art or the best lands art? Art, period, full set. I'll agree with you on lands. I will. I- I don't it's, it, it is not I'm not saying the most consistent 
or the most magic light. I am saying with the highest, the the best like individual pieces of art just for the sake of the art. Maybe. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, really, from Mirage or otherwise to disagree. But my, you know, my artistic preferences are questionable at best. So. Yeah, I, I'd throw down on that one. Like, yeah. I, I love Mirage, though. Like, Mirage is one of my favorite sets ever. I have multiple framed pieces of goblin art, so... Yeah. Obviously, my taste in art is off, but... Like, I do think Mirage just has the best basics. Oh, yeah, probably. Like, period. Like, I think their mountains are their weakest, and their mountains are almost exclusively John Avon. Yeah. And that's saying so. And that dude can draw <laughs> lands. Like... like, the islands, the forests. I love the plains, the swamps. Like, they're all just... I think Good. the planes are actually my least favorite. Really? I love the random animals on them. I, I like them too, but like, I think my favorites are like the swamps. I actually really like the forests. The forests are Which just is astounding. Good. I don't like forests. Like, they're, they they fit the Mirage theme for yep, forests, fit, right? Yeah, but... And I'm, I swear to God, one of the Mirage Islands is literally the Mirage has, is like, it has the Mirage set symbol freaking palm tree on it. <laughs> Probably. But, okay. So now that we've talked about the frame changes in Mirage, but yeah, so we talked about the important things. Final verdict. The M15 frame is all upside. If you disagree, you're just wrong. It's not an opinion. (laughs) Yeah. But okay. So um, the next thing I have here on my list is uh, unfortunately something that just changed recently too, but I'm, uh, and we kind of lived with it for a while and everybody freaks out every time this happens, but um, the mulligan changes. So, and mostly I was thinking yep. about the change to the Scry Mulligan, but now we've changed to whatever the hell this one's called again. I can't remember, but the, the London uh, Mulligan. Yeah, this is the London, The mo- then the Scry was the Vancouver. Yep. Yes. Yep. Uh, I, uh, I hate that we just named them after the Pro Tour that they started at. Like, can't we yeah. just come up with an actual name for them? I called it the Scry. The other one was the Scry Mulligan, which is really yeah. Weird. It's just like not like the go-to thing for people to call them, right? It's like yeah, we had the Scry Mulligan, and now we have the the put card, Mulligan, the yeah. Vendillion Click Mulligan. I don't. I, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, so let's just look at the Scry Mulligan. Well, let's start at the beginning. Okay. okay. Yeah. The actual factual beginning. Okay. Sure. All right. The original Mulligan. You could only mulligan if you had six or more lands or one or fewer lands, and you had to reveal your hand to your opponent to prove it. I think so. That was shit. Was it? Was that it, or was it all lands or no lands? I thought it was all but one or one or less. See, I don't even remember what it is. Now i got to look up the mulligan rules. Holy I thought shit. they hit, I From most of the stories I've heard, I've heard there was leeway on it, but you literally had to reveal your hand to your opponent to prove you weren't lying. Mm-hmm. And they got so, which means you gave away all that information as to what you were doing. No, it was all land or no land. It was all or none. Okay, yeah. either way, that was shit. Uh, shuffle back. You could draw a replacement of seven. Do it once per game. Still shit. Yep, exactly. Like, goddamn. Yep. So yeah, that was yeah, like still, that's punishing as hell. Yeah, that was like the worst thing ever. And then eventually it turned into the you could mulligan as many times as you wanted without having to reveal anything, but you went down a card each time. 
Yeah, the and, the Paris Mulligan, and that's the one we had for years. Yeah, the Paris was the way we did it, the way it worked, the way it was just yeah. you know nice. Yeah, we were all really, really locked into that one. I think is part of the reason the, that when we got to Vancouver, it was so hard. Yeah. So then we go to the Vancouver Mulligan, and was this before or after LSV's top eight? I don't remember. It was. Uh, I think it was twenty fifteen. Or this, I think it was before. Okay. Yeah, so it was before. So then we go to the Vancouver, where you could mulligan as many times as you wanted, and then once you were done mulliganing, you got to a free scry one. And this was meant as a way of trying to prevent the number of non-games. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, it was good. It was good. This was about when Watsi really started like trying to push. Like I think they were they were already like laying plans to become more mainstream at this time. Yeah. Like as much as people like to think otherwise, there's no way in hell Arena was something they thought of in the last year. Oh yeah, definitely. You like, know, like it's they they had been planning that out for years and years. Yeah, so like they were already starting their push towards mainstream. I mean, Duels of the Planeswalkers was laying the groundwork, honestly. It was. Like, it really was. A lot mm-hmm. of the way that they have everything laid out is very, very similar to Duels. Yep. But, and, so, I mean, I, if I you suppose. remember when the Vancouver Mulligan came out, everybody was shitting their pants that combo decks were going to be insane and unbeatable. Yep. Like, oh, the combo decks are going to be so much more consistent. They can freely mulligan to, like, five now with no downside because they can sit at the top of their library and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened. And that never happened, yep. Nothing happens. Yep. Like, I, I would even argue that, like, the impact of the Scry 1 is nowhere near as potent as people thought it was. Yeah, I think it was almost, like, not enough in a lot of cases. Yeah, like, it really wasn't, if we're being yeah. honest. I mean, honestly, if what 2015 we're about three four years later and we're changing the mulligan again yep like <laughs> so you mul- you like you mulligan to five you keep like a one lander you scry you know like and you bottom the non-land like this i kept a two lander on a mulligan to five in my final round of gp minneapolis scry to the bottom and still miss my land drop yep right and it wasn't because my opponent's deck was better. It wasn't because my opponent was was actually better. My opponent was trash, as a human being, not as a magic player. He was just an actual piece of human trash. <laughs> he was, yeah. <laughs> and I just lost, right? So, like, clearly, it's not that big of a thing, as it were. Mm-hmm. And like, it just it didn't quite do enough. And now we have the London Mulligan, mm-hmm. where no matter what, you always mulligan quotations two seven. Yep, air quotes. And then when you're done, the number of times you mulligans, you take that many cards from your hand and put them on the bottom of your library in any order. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think this happened exclusively because LSV mulliganed in like the semifinals down to four and just played a non-game. I highly doubt that. I was, highly doubt that as well. Was it the semifinals or the finals? Finals. Okay, yeah. <laughs> like, here's the thing. They're not going to change how they do mulligans just because a very high-profile figurehead of their community had a bad game. Because you know what? LSV did what he signed up for. Yeah, this isn't the NFL when Aaron Rodgers has a bad game and they change the rules. But Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they were probably already planning on doing that, and maybe that thing is what pushed them over the edge. Maybe not. But it's like... It needed to change because the Scry 1 just wasn't helping enough. Yep. 
Like and oh, sorry, variance is a very very large part of magic, but variance that leads to absolutely no magic being played is not the kind of variance you want. Mm-hmm. And the London Mulligan attempts to fix that. It does a good job too. It does. Like I'm from like from the bits I've played with it. Like when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, like, and I I didn't really get it to some degree, but mm-hmm. like it just feels super good now. It does. Like it, it's it's really nice. And the thing is, like the difference between like the mulliganing to six and scrying one versus mulliganing to six and putting a card at the bottom is almost negligible. Mm-hmm. Like there's no difference. It 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 still feels better when you're oh, on yeah. a mulligan to five. Yeah. Like, to actually get to pick the seven cards and build a game plan, like, off of the pick five cards out of seven and build a game plan of that, just gives you so much more agency and lets you actually try and do something. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, sometimes you're still going to have those non-games, right? Like, mm-hmm. you'll keep a two-lander and never see another land. Like, that is still something that's going to happen. But at yeah. least you get to try and build a plan around yeah, it. Yeah, there's at least, a, like, at least a game happens. Like, that's the yeah. big thing. Like, at least you're able to play some sort of game instead of just being like, miss my land drop, go to discard, you know? Yep. <laughs> but if you make it that far. Um, yeah. But yeah. So You might just die first. <laughs> so, yeah. There's, I don't know. That's just another one I had on my list. Again, pretty big thumbs up on that one. I yep. think. All right. So this is this next one I have. This may be a discussion point. We'll see. But this is something that has come and gone. Um, it is no longer around. And so this may be like more of a postmortem on it and whether it was good, bad, how it affected things and stuff. But this is, uh, in general, master sets. Uh-huh. So like... There's been a lot of opinions on the various different types of master sets. You know, most of the time you hear, oh, they didn't, they, you know, the biggest thing is, is they're too expensive. They didn't reprint enough. There's not enough value. I mean, I've heard people also say that it's like they need to stop reprinting some of these cards. Like, <laughs> but like, you know, were, were these worthwhile in the long run? Uh, coming from a semi-selfish perspective, yes. Okay. Why? I would not own Noble Hierarchs without Modern Masters 1 and 2. I mean, fair enough. Like I wouldn't own Tarmogoyfs. Were, so, the Modern Masters sets, were, yes. were they just net benefit for Modern? I truly think they were, because... It just put more you, cards in people's hands, right? Yeah, here's the thing, right? You can't just freely print a Tarmogoyf in any set. Yeah. Well, actually, I think you could, but Watsy disagrees. They're probably you, a little better at this than you. Um. You definitely can't just freely print Noble Hierarch in any set. Yeah. You can't freely print Snapcast Image in any set. Like, there are cards of a certain power level that you can't just freely put into Standard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a reality that we live in. And if you don't have a way of reprinting those cards, you're going to run into the legacy problem. Mm-hmm. Which is the the um wow I reserve list pre- no not reserve lists the uh, the supply does not equal the demand there we go okay yeah. like I can't remember how civics works you, you can't remember how economics <laughs> yeah, works economics sorry you, not you civics. don't even know what field it is 
Yeah, shut up. Okay. I'm bad at stuff. Yeah, you're bad at remembering <laughs> things like that. I'm bad at opening podcasts. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, like the supply, that was, it was an actual factual problem that was mm-hmm. happening in modern where like there was a massive massive supply or there was a very very limited supply for the cards that people wanted and modern was they were modern was growing as a format because modern has a very very specific appeal to people because mm-hmm. they get to play with cards they already own the problem yeah. is it's really really hard for a new player to get into it as a result of that mm-hmm. so like the modern masters sets in particular and just all the master sets in general are very very important because they just they increase the supply by so much mm-hmm. like i would not be surprised if by printing uh modern masters 2 they almost doubled the number of noble hierarchs yeah cuz like that was a very overprinted set like they they even came out that like they over they overprinted it. There was too many of them. Modern Masters two didn't have enough value in it, so people weren't cracking them all the time. Mm-hmm. There you could reliably buy Modern Masters two packs for a long time afterwards. It didn't help that people didn't like the packaging and because it was cardboard and there was a lot of like hubbub about that because supposedly you could like very carefully open a pack, take it like look and see what the rare was, and then reseal it. When in actuality, dear God, you could not do that. Trust I really me. liked the cardboard packs personally. I did too. Like it was kind of annoying because like your foils were like automatically warped from the get go. But at the same time, like I liked the fact that they were trying to change how their packaging worked because it was beneficial for the environment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't to... give a crap about that. I just thought it was props to them it, for trying a new thing. At it least, made us, right? it, Yeah, I'm glad they tried it. Yeah. Dear God, that just went over like a lead balloon. Like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, there's some things they'd have to figure out about it to make it work. So, yeah. But I mean, back on topic, like, Mm -hmm. you just, you're increasing, you're putting so much more supply for, like, a card into a format that just wasn't there before. And it allows people to actually get their hands on them. Like, dropping, like, having the price on an expensive card. I truly think is a net benefit mm-hmm. because you're just making it so much more accessible for newer players. And as I've said multiple times, if you don't have new blood, you die. Yep. Like doesn't matter if you're a game store or a format, you need new blood. Yep. That's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. But, all right. And like, Obviously, that gets a little, like, there's a lot of just hubbub in general about, like, oh, why was this cards and yada, yada, yada. It's like, you know, as Marlex say, likes to say, sometimes you just need to print bad cards. Yep. In this case, you need to print non-expensive cards, because otherwise you run into the problem we had with Modern Masters 1. MSRP is $10, and stores are selling them for 30 because yeah. they damn well can. Yes. Yeah. Like, they need to put Comet Storms in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, so overall, do you think the price point was a problem? Uh, oh, actually, I suppose the first Modern Masters, uh, its actual price point was six dollars, wasn't it? Was it, it was not a ten dollar pack. No, it was like MSRP at six. Okay, it was like six or eight. Mm-hmm. It was not much, and like the cheapest you could find them anywhere was like fifteen. Mm-hmm people threw a hissy fit about that yeah um 
while I personally do not like the price point that they set the MSRP at for the Master Sets, I also understand that Wizards of the Coast is a subsidiary of Hasbro, and they're a goddamn company that needs to make goddamn money. Like... Like, I... I personally would have liked if the packs were always like MSRP of $8, but if you print them at $8 and print them enough that people are able to actually buy them at $8, you will tank the prices of the cards inside them. And while WotC cannot legally acknowledge the existence of the secondary market, they damn well know it exists, and they know that the secondary market is an important reason of why magic is thriving. Like, it is an entirely other thing, right? Yeah. And, like... I just wonder how much it would have tanked like tanked it in comparison and, like, how much it would have moved product for them, like, if they had lowered the price more. I'm absolutely certain that they would have sold a lot of packs. Like, so how many how many more packs would they have sold by moving it from 10 bucks to 8? Like, I don't think that number is very high. Not enough to make up for the difference of $2? I don't. That's fair. But like like 10 to 6? Maybe? Probably? Like, obviously, I'm not a good case study because yeah. I will. You're I absurd. impulse bought a $35 pack yeah. because I felt like it. Yeah. I impulse buy boxes because I feel like this it. This is true. Right. I've had, like, I've had to talk you down on things a few times, but. You have. I've been yeah. like, man, I really want to buy this thing, but it's like $400 and you're like, John, what the shit? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you're right. You're right. But. Like, so there. I don't remember the exact numbers, but like. There's a there's there's a marketing principle that basically says like when you are pricing your product you should price it so that x percentage of people think it's too expensive and do not buy it which is makes and, sense. Well, and I feel like that number was something like 20%. Which seems really high. Like one out of every 5 people that come up and look at your product would be like that's sweet but I don't want to buy it because it's too expensive. What's the basis behind this principle? Why do they say you should do that? Uh, it's basically min-maxing the amount of money you get. All right, that's fair. So if you're pricing it at that point, then you're the other people that are buying it are making up the amount of money that you would you would lose on that lost sale. And I mean, to be fair, there are also people like I straight up know these people mm -hmm. who they'll walk up, they'll see the fa the fact that the the uh, pack is like super expensive and they are more inclined to buy it yeah but i mean like and there's just different people like that like somebody like you you're like that's a modern set i'll just take x amount and mm -hmm. you know put whatever put whatever it is on my bill like you know you don't care how what the amount is but then there's other people who like there's there i mean there's a lot of people who are like if this isn't the same cost as a regular magic pack there's absolutely no reason why i should buy it and then there's also people that are like, they shouldn't charge money for magic packs. So like, it's, I mean, I've seen some insane comments regarding cost of things and stuff, but I don't know. Like, it's, it's so weird. I don't even know where we fall on this, but. I mean, that's just humans, right? Yeah, but, so, <laughs> But I mean, overall, it did good things for magic, you think? 
yeah, I I do think that even with the discussions of of prices and like mm-hmm. the the bulk mythics and bulk rares and yada yada bullshit, mm-hmm. I do think the existence of all the master sets was a net positive. They're fucking fun to open. I'll tell you that. Yeah, like you just need stuff like that because mm-hmm. you need a way of feeding your massively growing player base. Yeah, On, and, and oh, that's sorry. just and that like that is a thing that Watson needs to take into account because magic i think is still growing maybe i believe so like i think it it's it hasn't quite plateaued but i know it's slowing down from its growth but i mean eventually everything slows down in its growth right because you run out of people who are interested in that kind of thing Mm -hmm. that's why we get the new blood yep all right so but um and honestly, they've kind of picked up the mantle with some different stuff regarding the Masters sets. I mean, Modern Horizons feels like a honorary Masters set in some ways. I mean, it kind of is. Like, in some ways. Like, it's obviously not, but it obvi- it kind of is. <laughs> it Yeah, it obviously not, but it, it is, for all intents and purposes, a Masters set. Yeah, it feels it's just doing a different ways, yeah. thing. Yeah. But. Right. So... This one will probably be a quick one too, but I'm uh, I'm sure you have a different opinion on a lot of pieces. But so um, masterpieces, they've come and gone. How do you how do you feel about them? <laughs> I'm actually. This is gonna sound kind of weird. Yep. Because you know what's in the pack of my trade binder. I do. I'm actually kind of apathetic about them. Just in general as the the whole promotion. Yeah, like I I I appreciate why they exist. Mm-hmm. And I like what they did cuz they allowed people just cracking normal everyday packs to get something that like random like super high-end people are just going to be like, "Yeah, I want that." Mm-hmm. Cuz people love blinging out their shit, right? Oh yeah. People love looking at their shit. And if I'm being completely honest, I have exclusively seen net positive returns <laughs> on the existence of these things. Yeah, okay. Because I bought a lot of mine for buy lists. <laughs> and they're worth a hell of a lot more than buy lists now. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I am Ugh. someone who has benefited greatly from them, but I'm, I'm not someone who's... I am not someone who goes out of my way to foil a deck. Yeah. Masterpieces in all rights in all like reasons are not actually meant for me as a magic player. They're really not. Even though I am a more like high end magic player, that's not the kind of high end I go for. Mm -hmm. But I do like like man. I never personally did it. But seeing the look on someone's face when they just like get a random pack and crack a masterpiece, you can tell that that just felt great for them. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. Like, I, yeah, yeah. Also, take that into account. Out of all the masterpieces I've owned, I've never cracked a single one. That's absurd. How's um, that for insanity? Yeah, right. <laughs> um. So. Like, really looking back on it now, I feel like Masterpieces were a good learning experience. Like, 
I feel like I feel like when they did it, they made some like the mistakes they made with it. I feel like were they made it too top too too top heavy, and I think they learned their learned their lesson and actually implemented a lot of it with the, with Eldraine here with the the booster fun stuff with the alt frames and every and the extended arts and everything like that just kind of popping in uh-huh. and sort of sharing the love a little bit. Rather than just having like a super super yeah. rare like once per case stupid expensive thing, exactly. It's like what one out of every six packs has a chance of having the yeah. alternate frame adventures. Well, like like, I mean, I felt pretty good when I opened my my stupid alt art uh, order of midnight. Yeah, like and it, that's it, an it, uncommon. Yeah, it's a friggin' uncommon. It felt good. I mean, when I opened that alt art murderous rider, I was like pumped as hell, like. You know, it, and you just get, you just get some of those good feelings a little more, and I think that's cool. Like, I think I, I feel like that's almost a better way to do it, um, and I also think it's better not to reprint old cards like that. If that makes sense, I can agree with that actually. Like, they're cool, and I'm and like I think it's I actually really really enjoyed seeing the new creative on a lot of the cards. Like, uh-huh. like, especially Kaladesh. Like, they did awesome with that one. Um, Kaladesh, hands down, has the best looking masterpieces. Yes, and also the best flavor of masterpieces. Yes, like with the way the way it all pieces together. And like, I w- I'm not against um, uh, the Amonkhet ones, but I feel like they um, uh, like the flavor just wasn't quite as good as the the Kaladesh ones. Like, but like seeing Lotus Pellet on Kaladesh was really sweet. Seeing Omniscience on Amonkhet was awesome. Like, you know, like those, like they did a really good job adapting the creative, but like, I don't think there's a ton of benefit in putting those cards out like that, especially when you have access to supplemental sets that you can do that in and st- and also core sets. Now, part of the reason they couldn't do some cards, some cards uh, was because they didn't have core sets where they could just reprint flavor agnostic cards in like, you know, yeah. without caring. I mean, obviously, yep. there's no set, no, no core set in the world anymore that you can reprint friggin' Lotus Petal. Like, <laughs> it wouldn't be that busted. I mean, Lotus Petal should never be put in modern, but yeah, like, but there's there, there's a lot no, of cards you just you just can't reprint. Yeah, in standard, like there, we'll just be honest here. So, like, I get some of that, but. I feel like master sets kind of things are better for that. Um, I, I will say, so it's like, so we basically have three different styles of master sets we've experienced now, right? Yep. We had the actual masterpiece series, series is, is. Yep. Uh, we had mythic editions. Yep. Which were a masters basically. masterpiece series, yep. right? Yep. Which dear God, that was a garbage fire. Yeah. All three implementations were garbage fire. And now we have the Throne of Eldraine showcase cards. Yep. Hands down, I think the Throne of Eldraine is their best execution. So far, yes. Because the Mythic Editions, as I said, their execution was a garbage fire. Yeah, and it was all the execution of that. Yes. Um, the, The Masterpieces cycle... I 
I liked it. I really like it. Like I like I said, like the the look on someone's face when they opened a super super awesome thing was sweet. Mm-hmm. I the fact that they were potentially really really powerful magic cards mm-hmm. in those limited environments that got drafted legitimately. Yeah, was bad. Yeah, that was not good. Like. It there happened was a, so infrequently, but it was like still, it was like. But when it, it happened, kind of it felt was bad. Su- yeah, like there was actually a local PPTQ where someone had a freaking soul ring in their sealed pool. Oh my god! That was a thing that happened. Yeah, I lost to freaking attrition <laughs> in a pre-release. Yeah, that is not an easy card to beat. No. No, no, like, no, no, no. Like, there is just a certain... Like, imagine playing against a worm coil engine at pre-release. <sighs> How do you reasonably deal with that? You don't. Like, you just lose the game. There's just a certain, like, power level that they printed in those cards. Like, mm-hmm. you'll notice almost everyone I'm pointing out was a masterpiece, because artifacts are busted. Yeah, they are. Or, sorry, inventions. Yep. But, like... There's just a certain power level that they printed in those cards that if you had to play against them were really freaking powerful. Mm-hmm. As as to where like when it was just like the Zendikar expeditions, it's like okay, okay, you got a good land. Yeah, you have a slightly better than average land, mm-hmm. and like most of the most of the invocations weren't that bad because really at best choke is only a sideboard card. Yeah, <laughs> like a but, lot you of know, them were like. Like even if you got an omniscience or something like that, like you're not reasonably playing that anywhere. No, limited. like you, it's just impossible. Right, but like there is just there are some of them though that if your opponent had them and they played them against you, it just felt bad. Yeah, yeah. As to where like every single one of the showcase cards in Eldraine is an actual card printed in Eldraine yep. for that limited format. That just looks cool. <laughs> it just looks. That's all it is. It yep. looks cool. It looks cooler than the other ones, mm-hmm. and it's a perfectly reasonable card to have yeah. in your deck. Also, one of like, the things I like that they're able to do with it, too, is be able to take that different art direction. They can do art that isn't magic, air quotes. Yes. Like, And that's really sweet, Like, because we don't get that very frequently. Like, Emberth Shield Breaker, because, dear God, what's going on in that art? <laughs> There's so much white. I'll just friggin' yank off to Order of the Midnight all day again, like because that card looks phenomenal it does or even i have That's... a i have an alternate shepherd of the flock here and that card looks sweet yeah even that like that card is never going to see play in anything ever but i debated oh. buying an alt the alt art one for two bucks just because it looks cool yeah right i didn't yep. but i thought about it just, just getting that little extra bling and juice and stuff it's just sweet man exactly but, all right so masterpieces in and of themselves eh, what they led to probably thumbs up yeah, like I would be perfectly okay with cards like the showcases just being mm-hmm. a like every other set going forward. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking they're doing every set, but I, I'd even be okay with that. Yeah, like it's it, just it's a, just less it, obtrusive too. It's just kind of like a free roll. It is like there's no freakishly you know ridiculously expensive thing. You know, I mean there are some of them, but yeah. that's only because people are like, oh my god. But the people that want them want them, and the people yeah. that don't don't. You can still get yeah. a. Re- I can still go get a freaking regular murderous rider and be fine. Yep, you know? I, I plan on getting regular murderous rider because I actually like the regular art more than the alt art. I don't disagree with you, but but yeah, and see that's the cool thing about it. Yeah, 
it's just it's nice having that option yeah. and it not being a you know potentially busted card that's only there for value yeah exactly okay. all right so all right i got i got a really tiny one here now for us so right. um does anybody said remember that about the last one but it took 10 minutes yeah i know right <laughs> well so does anybody remember the templating changes they made that were really big news uh the mana one that mana one's a, the, is a new change the mana one any target and they <laughs> oh yeah they no longer say like him yep. or her they just he, say they he or she he or she sorry That's what they used to say yeah uh i think i recall you mentioning there being some minor twitter complaints or not twitter red complaints yeah i think some people said stuff about it but they're usually the kind of people that live under floors and you yeah. don't want to talk to anyways so like uh, i'm gonna lie i'm not i'm I, i'm gonna i'm gonna not lie i don't even notice i don't right it's one of the like that's, <laughs> that's not how i process magic yep. cards yep, exactly <laughs> like not neither the mana nor the pronoun usage yep. that is not how i process magic cards <laughs> yeah exactly the mana thing i kind of like have been like whatever about like it felt awkward at first because i saw it a different way for so long but mm -hmm. now it's just like whatever i will say i gotta give them props this is a very minor templating thing that i've only seen on one card so far yeah uh iron crag feet yep. where it just says add seven and then the red mana symbol that's actually a brand new template yeah, I like that. Yep. Because yeah, that is so cool. much easier than counting the goddamn pips yep, on exactly. something like uh, Right of Flame. Yeah, I think, th I don't <laughs> remember what the the um, uh, exact number they're going to change it on is, but it was like three or something like that, I think. But yeah. I dig it. Yep. Any, how do you feel about any target? Uh, as opposed to creature or opponents? Yep. Creature opponent, because you'd have to add Planeswalker in there too. So yeah, any target just makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. Because right. here's, let's be completely honest, the Planeswalker damage redirection rule was bullshit, and no one understood it. There we go. Because <laughs> you know what happened if someone is going to lightning bolt your Liliana the veil? They say lightning they bolt your Liliana. Yep. <laughs> like <laughs> only people who were trying to get their opponent ever said bolt you. Yep. Exactly. And then on. On resolution, redirect to your planeswalker. Yeah, exactly. Like there like, was, there was obviously some functional changes with that, with like certain effects and stuff. But like, honestly, I think overall the game is better for it. Yeah, I agree. Like, the, the game is just straight better. I just remember some of those templating changes had people pooping their pants all over the walls. So, yeah. all right, I, I've had. I think I actually recall someone at a pre-release making some comment about the Planeswalker redirection rule and how it doesn't make sense anymore. And I'm just like, you're an idiot. Yeah, basically. Okay. Now it actually makes sense. Yep. All right. So this last change, I think, is probably one of the most impactful ones. But I don't think we've... Like, I, I think we've seen enough to kind of, like, make some judgment calls. But I'm, right. uh, we don't directly see it. So the change from design development to vision set play design, specifically the inclusion of play design in this design of sets. Interestingly enough, this is actually somewhat topical. Okay. 
Because everyone and their goddamn mother is freaking out about the Royal Scions, mm-hmm. Oko, and Golos. Okay. I have not seen... I, I, I remember, uh, not the last standard, but the standard before... Everyone was like praising the existence of play design for making like one of the best standard formats ever, and everything oh, yeah. was nice and relatively balanced. I have heard no one waving pitchforks and shouting about play design failing on those cards. All I have heard is people complaining about Watsy screwing up. Yeah, they're not like, oh, play design screwed up, they're like, Watsy, they're like, the design of these cards is bad. Yeah. Why are the cards designed to do this? Why why does Field of the Dead still exist and why is it still powerful and why is there no hate for it? <laughs> They're not saying why didn't play design do something about uh, this. Like I feel like there's a few things that it's like okay guys like I wish I would have gotten this but I can't imagine anything is that oppressive right now. I mean I will. I will at least say watching a Golos mirror is one of the most boring things ever. But there's a lot of play to it. I'm really worried about going to time in FNMs, but at the same time, I don't think a lot of the people who go to time are good enough Magic players to play these decks. So there's at least some justice there. <laughs> there is some justice. Like there's a lot of complexity to these decks. There's even more complexity to actually finishing your goddamn rounds on time with these decks. All right. But I don't know. I mean, the one that's going to be more annoying is is that there's not a lot of complexity into playing a goose and then playing Oko. Like, <laughs> Hong Kong, Hong Kong. I mean, the thing is, Oko by his existence is a complex planeswalker. Yeah. His plus one only makes a food. Yeah. His other plus one turns something into an elk. Like he doesn't technically protect himself at all. I mean, he does like turn his your mi- Hong Kong into a three three. Yeah, his minus trades cards but only cards of something that i can't remember because yeah. my brain stopped working yeah uh like i don't think again. i don't think anything is as bad as people think it is by any means like i found the oko thing to be kind of annoying but it's like i'm sure i'll figure out a way to deal with this i mean the biggest complaint i've heard about oko and the royal scions that i actually think is somewhat valid is that they take up to six right they both take up to yeah. six which that, means that, that annoying the red hate card meant to hate on cards like them can't kill them. Yep. But at the same time, if you're playing red and don't have a way, a something else in play to deal one damage, what the hell are you doing with your life? Yeah, kind of. Like, I just think about actually the planeswalker I see the most is friggin' Nissa, but I'm, uh... Nissa's just mildly obnoxious. Yeah, like, I just think about all those planeswalkers and how often I don't attack them and I attack my opponent for lethal. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's usually what happens, but I don't care about your existence. Yeah, so, all right, but yeah, like I enjoy that. I really like that play design exists. Mm-hmm. I, the fact that play design exists, but the format looks the way it does, makes me assume that there's something that people are missing, or people just don't have the motivation to find. That's kind of where I'm at, like because the people in play design are really, really good Magic players. Oh yeah. They would not let a format exist if the only thing to do in that format was Golos and there was no reasonable answer. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're not bad at their jobs. Mm -hmm. I hope. I don't know. Yeah, we we hope. I mean, they've missed... 
balls have been dropped before, so we'll have to see. Because yeah, we just got off a string of some of the best sets ever. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yes, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. But I mostly have faith. Sweet. Okay, that's that's my list right now, man. That's a decent list. Things are things have gotten pretty good, honestly. Most of the changes have been good. Times they are changing. All right. <laughs> well, we got a we got a little bit of time left before the end of our episodes, and I'm holding my last my last Modern Horizons pack here. So that's why you were talking so quickly. Actually, no, I just talked quickly. I didn't even. I was kind of throwing things around my desk and stuff like that. But I know. I now now I am talking quickly. Let's get <laughs> I just got to see what's in this thing, man. Like this is my last one, and I'm super excited because I love opening packs. I'm either forcing snow or ninjas. Just let you know. <laughs> All right. But if I can learn how to open a pack. Apparently I've forgotten since I opened all the other packs from this box. Actually, changelings would also be pretty sweet. I enjoy yeah. changelings. Does this have the rarity all screwed? Oh, this has the weird rarity, doesn't it? Order. I think so. Right. I think like your yeah. first card's going to be the alt- the art card, I think. Yeah, that's what then it is. The, so I'm not going to... Yeah, then it. the land, then the rare. Yep, I'm flipping it over. All right. So first up, we have Choking Tethers. Okay, not great. Yeah, so that's... Oh, I almost might say overrated. <laughs> probably. So yeah, three and a blue instant tap of four creatures. Cycling. I'm not going to... These cards are so complex, just go look them up, man. Yeah. All right. Hey, Rep- the cards... The people should know what these cards yeah. do. Re- yeah, Reprobation. Uh, I actually don't remember that one. Uh, one in a white aura, enchant creature, enchant creature with all abilities, and is a coward creature with base power and toughness. Oh. Sweetheart, uh, okay removal, not good against ninjas. Not good, not good against, not at all. All right, Goblin Champion, one mana uh, for a zero one with haste and exalted. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's a goblin. We got to be excited about that, right? It is a goblin. I was not exceptionally impressed by this goblin. Fair enough. It is not a strictly better Raging Goblin. It is not. Although Exalted is pretty good. Yes. Not particularly in red, though. Uh, no. <laughs> all right. Next up, we got Rhyme Tender. Tend in your rhymes. I do like it. It is a good ramp spell. Mm-hmm. You have to be in the right deck, obviously. Like You can't just play this nine deck. You have to be Snow, but yeah. it was good. Mm-hmm. Could give your Snow Creatures pseudo-vigilance also, which is nice. Pure value. Uh, Azra Smoke Shaper. Uh, this is the... Three and a black, three, three. Indestructible one, right? Uh, yep. Target creature, when you, when it enters the battlefield, target creature you control against indestructible. Ninjutsu, one and a black. Meh. Yeah. Not on it, even though you're forcing ninjas, huh? No. This is, <laughs> here's the thing. All the black ninjas, all the mono black ninjas suck. Oh well. Uh, Springbloom Druid. Uh, this card is actually really good. Is it? This card—it's the Haro. Oh yeah, it's the Haro right? har- creature. Yeah. yeah, this card is nuts. Because Haro is good. It like this is this is playable in every single green deck, no matter what. Because at the minimum, it ramps you. If you're mm-hmm. in snow, it snow fixes you. If you're splashing, it color fixes you. Yeah, you can just... put cards in your graveyard for the lands in your graveyard matters deck. This card is insane. It's just a good card. 
Yes. Harlow <laughs> is this. good too, though, and just attaching a body to it is just value too. Exactly. I am. I am hard on this card okay. so far. So. All right. Uh, next up, we have Cave of Temptation. Uh, I'm pretty sure this card is mediocre at best. Taps for a colorless one. One and tap for any man of any color. Uh, four taps, sacrifice it, put two plus one plus one counter on target creature. Yeah, never played this card, never plan on playing this card. Alright. Next up we have Irregular Cohort. This card's actually good too. Yeah. Two white white for a 2-2 changeling that brings along a 2-2. Yeah, solid. Better than Spring Gloom? Probably not. Mm, Nope. (laughs) It's really good in the right deck. I'd rather be doing Spring Gloom stuff. (laughs) Alright. Next up, we have Slum... Ninjutsu your Spring Bloom Druid for Ooh. value. <laughs> Next up, we have Slumgar Scavenger. Ah, uh, four and a black for a two-three flying zombie bird with exploit. Oh, yep. When you exploit it, uh, when another creature you control dies, put a plus one plus one counter on it. It gains haste until end of turn if it exploited that creature. Yeah, it's fine. Fine. Yeah. Good filler. All right. Next up, we have Fountain of Iker. Uh, never played it. Not a fan of it. Yeah, good talk. It's a mana rock, whatever, mm-hmm. right? All right, we're into our uncommons. We have a Talisman of Creativity. That's the blue-red one. Best Talisman, hands down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we have Or Scale Guardian. Five, uh, five red red for a 4-4 four, four dragon. This spell costs one less to cast for each land card in your graveyard. It has flying and haste. It's okay. I. It is not a good payoff. It is an okay payoff. Yeah. I would de- I would definitely take the enabler before taking the payoff. Fair enough. Alright. Next we have scale up. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it is right. Yeah, like yeah, I making your creature playing. into a into a craw worm is okay. Yeah, right. It's kind of funny that it's a green card with overload. But... Yeah, I mean, we also have a red card with exalted. So true. <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Our fi- oh, the final card is not. That's not true. There is a snow covered land. Uh, there is a snow covered plains. Okay not taking that uh i guarantee i can tell you what we're taking here all right final card multicolor it is multicolor rare it is a mythic rare multicolor so ren six yep (laughs) (laughs) i'm like that's the only one right called shot it Props to you. Hey, you called shot of the foil. It's not foil. Uh, I suppose I suck, but yeah. So you did, um, however, just open a one hundred dollar bill. So. I know. I'm okay with this. So I'm. Uh, if you're also, playing anywhere, you slam to that through the table, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you don't. You slam it gently, and I'm uh, put it in a sleeve right now. We're just gonna get sleeve. that done right now. Here, you get in or there, two. beauty. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, if our rare wasn't a just stone cold like big stack of cash, yeah, like the card is the bill. card is the card good? Yes. Like in in the limited format, even like the we, card we is it. good in the deck with yep. that Spring Bloom Druid is good in. Yeah. So we, I mean, we and we'd obviously take the Mythic over Spring Bloom Druid. 
probably take the mythic over the common. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be boring, I, mean, I would yeah. actually argue that if for as like as an in, like as of what it does in the deck, Spring Bloom might actually be more powerful, and mm-hmm. Spring Bloom goes in more decks. Fair enough. But Renin Six is a freaking Renin Six, yeah, right? exactly, like, right. So it's like, okay. for those who don't know, plus one return of land from your graveyards to your hands, minus one ping something for one damage, and minus seven? Yep. Is seven? Yeah. Uh, all instants and sorcery cards in your graveyard have retrace. Yep. You can look up retrace, because I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. It's good. Oh, sorry. This Planeswalker costs green and a red Yep. And it comes in with three loyalty? Yep, that is correct. You crushed it, man. Yeah. The only thing you miss is that it gives you an emblem on that last ability. Oh, yeah, sorry. You get an emblem <laughs> with yeah. no, instance of sorceries in your graveyard have retrace. Because so, yeah. otherwise, it would only timestamp them, and then it wouldn't be that. Yada, 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 yada. But, uh, yeah. Fun fact, I've never cast this card. Hmm. It's just very, very heavily played. <laughs> neither, neither have I. But, so yeah, if we didn't if we didn't open that, we would totally take the Spring Bloom Druid. I would at least totally take the Spring Bloom yep. Druid. Well, seems I don't know what is good in this set because I'm really bad. I honestly probably would have taken the Irregular Cohort because it's just <laughs> it, Irregular Cohort is probably the it is the most uh reasonable card because its power level is very flat it, it's it's the most straight up card like i look at it and i'm like i know what i'm getting and the card is good yep it is very good in any deck that is playing white yep and it is you're never going to be unhappy to play it in any deck playing yeah white. basic basically spring bloom druid just has a lot more play to it yeah exactly like if you're doing the things that the set was kind of made to do which is do things that are fun like <laughs> yeah you know that's where you want to be. So, all right. Oh, cool. Well, I'm glad I got something. I'm glad up. that that was your last pack. Me too. Like, because I opened like, an entire it, box before this. Yeah, like, if it, if the funny thing is, I was telling you, it's like I'm like, well, you have no chance of opening any more mythics. So yeah, I don't you know told me that. that I think I said something about statistics, but yeah, it's like statistically, blah blah. Because you already opened like four or five mythics or some something, crazy shit. Something like that. I'm just like, yeah, you like can't get any more, and you're just like, blah, shit happens. <laughs> like it could, it would be perfectly possible for you to just get like the Syndicate Ninja or whatever. Yeah, just some just garbage, like, oh, garbage. Like, rig. okay, sure, whatever. And now you're like, no, nah, hundred dollar bill. Boom. No, nah, most expensive card in the set. <laughs> eh, you know, NBD. Do you know at one point that card was less expensive than Urza? Hmm. And people, it's now woke up. <laughs> Yeah, it's not twice the price. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. One of these cards is legacy playable. <laughs> Guess what? what? It's the one that buys back Wasteland. Yeah. Apparently, Wasteland is a card that does things. So let me see it what my does. mythics are. Hex Drinker, Sarah, uh, the first sliver, Unbound Flourishing, and Renin Six. Solid. Good box. Solid. All right. Cool. Well. Wow. Enough, enough jerking off. We can we can call it a night for this one. So I'm, uh, uh, if you want to send us some feedback, you can send an email to thelocometa at gmail.com. Uh, catch us on Twitter at thelocometapc for everything else. And to hit us up on our Discord, you can go to thelocometa.com and find all the links there and all of our old episodes. 
Um, and yeah, that's it. John, anything else before we go? Nah, I'm good. good. I'm debating if I want to tell you to keep the Renin 6 or get it off of you. Well, we'll figure that one out later. You should probably keep it. Yep. Maybe. We'll see. Until then, 